All right, yeah. Uh, well, wow. Um, that's what happens when the, a married couple on our staff uh, does the videos together. You never know what you're going to get. Uh, well, thank you guys for being here today. Uh, my name's Clayton, and I'm the senior pastor here at Central, and I'm glad you're here with us. Thank you for all the guests that are here today. I'm so glad that you're, you chose to come be a part of our worship service today, and everybody that's watching online um, today. Today, we are right in the middle of a series that, Mindy, like Mindy said, called Hidden Reefs, and we're going to be looking at some, some dangerous things that are in our, our society, in our culture, and even in the Christian life that can, that can really trip us up and be um, dangerous for us, and I want you to be able to take notes today, and so, and so up on the screens uh, around here, you can just scan that with your phone, and you can get uh, the notes for today. You can get them where you fill in the blanks, or you can get them where, man, you just skip to the end, and you can have all the blanks already filled in. You can just get up and go home, and uh, no, don't do that. Uh, just hang out, hang out with us um, today. Well, this week, I've been working through and kind of geeking out on on all things marine life and trying to figure out some things. And, and I learned some stuff about, about coral. Now this is, yeah, I get it. I, I'm super boring right now. But uh, coral is a, a pretty fascinating um, subject. And in fact, some things that I didn't realize about coral is that, number one, is they, they, I thought they were either plants or rocks. And coral is not. Coral is not plants. It's not rocks in the ocean. It is, it's actually animals that, that live together. And they form some of the the world's largest living structures um, on, on the sea floor. And coral is actually like, like the ocean's neighborhood. And they support over 25% of all the life that's, that's in um, the ocean. They, they eat plankton and fish, and I didn't know that either. And that's pretty kind of crazy. And I didn't know they had mouths and all that kind of stuff or teeth, but evidently they do. Um, but uh, coral is pretty fascinating. There's hundreds of different shapes and sizes and, and colors. Some of them actually look like plants. Some look like trees. Some look like rocks, obviously. Some look like columns or, or fans. Some even look like, like a brain, which is pretty kind of crazy to think about. Um, but I found this, this one um, on, on, on the internet this past week. Uh, this is, this is a, a picture of the Great Barrier Reef out of, outside of Australia. And if you zoom in in this one area, they found this one, and they, it's, just, it's like a heart-shaped coral, which is kind of cool. You may go get like engaged on that or something. I don't know, whatever. I, it's pretty, pretty cool, uh, cool shape. Now, that's not just like an animal that, that created itself like that, but it's thousands of, of little um, coral that, that have somehow just formed into randomly into to a heart shape. But I think it's kind of an interesting subject to think about today, that as we think about like hidden reefs and dangers in our culture, our heart can be a, a danger to us. And that's what I'd like to talk with us today. Somebody asked this, what is your heart? What is your heart? I'm not talking about like the romantic, like red heart-shaped heart that you have during Valentine's Day. And I'm not even talking about the, the organ that's inside of your body that's pumping blood. There's a different kind of heart that we need to talk about today, and, and it's one that the Bible actually talks about almost a thousand times, and it talks about this spiritual part of your body, of your, of your, your soul, where your emotions lie, um, where your, your motivations are, where your desires live, where all those things, those things that kind of can decide a lot of things in your life, they can kind of sway you in different directions, that is the, the spiritual side of your, of your heart. But there's a, a problem with this. Did you know that one out of every 33 kids that are born in the world today 
actually are born with a birth defect. I don't know if you, you knew that. Some form of birth defect. One in 33 kids. I, that's pretty high to me, it seems like. But did you also know that 100% of us are born with a heart defect? Not a physical heart defect, but a spiritual heart defect. And this is what Jude is going to talk about here. But before we get into Jude, I want to just go to the Bible real quick and show you just two real small scriptures that actually kind of talk about this heart defect that we all have, that we've had since we were born. Romans 5, um, 18 is going to talk about this in the New Testament. It's going to talk about the Old Testament all the way back to the very beginning where Adam um, is, is the first man that ever lived. It says, Adam's one sin, when he sinned against God, it brings condemnation for everyone. And so we are descendants of Adam. And so every single person that's ever lived have been, has been born with this condemnation, like this, this sinful nature. And Psalm 51.5, the writer of that psalm said this. He said, for I was born a sinner. And so our sin nature is, is something that every single one of us, we have. It's not something that we, we get or, or earn. It's just something that we are, are born with. And I would say that our sin nature isn't like a hard, hardened heart type thing. I think it's actually pretty porous. Because our sin nature, our heart, allows so many things into it. And we're swayed by so many different things that come into our lives. And this, this sin nature is what Jude is going to talk about today. Um, it's another hidden reef that, if we're not careful, it can actually shipwreck our lives. And so Jude 10 is the verse we're going to look at today. And so if you, if you have your Bibles, very end of the, of the, the Bible uh, is Revelation. Right before that is Jude. Jude's really small, 25 verses long. And it's kind of a, a crazy, weird uh, letter in the, in the Bible because it's very Jewish. And so they, they use all these Jewish, like, um, illustrations and things. They're like, that's not even in the Bible. Some of them weren't like stories in the Bible. They were historical stories, like fables. And he kind of throws them in there as examples. But Jude is still really important for us uh, because people are still the same. And he's going to say something in, in verse 10 that's going to be kind of our theme for today. Here's what he says. But these people, people that have come into the church, or not just people, but like beliefs that have come into the church, they scoff at things they do not understand. Like unthinking animals, they do whatever their instincts tell them, and so they, they bring about their own destruction. It's pretty interesting. It says that there's a, a danger of, of people and beliefs, and, and it describes them as people who, um, they, they, they're like unthinking animals. A couple weeks ago, I was listening to a podcast, and they were interviewing a, a coroner. You know what a coroner is. Coroner is someone that comes in and pronounces someone that has died, like in a home or like in an accident, car accident or something like that. And they were saying, hey, if you have a pet at home, make sure that you have a, like a doggy door or a cat door or something. Um, because it said, when you die, your pets will eat you. Like, they, he'd walk into these homes that people have been, been uh, uh, dead for a couple days, and like the animals, they just, they just start eating them. They said, here's the worst. Cats will always eat their, their owner, like, which is crazy, which is true. I hate cats. But anyways, like cats will, they're just looking at you, just waiting for you to die. They're just sitting on the top of the couch, just waiting. Like as soon as you die, it's crazy. 
cats will start to nibble on you and, and eat you. It's just, it's instincts. And you know what? He said, wiener dogs are also like that. So if you have a wiener dog and you watch out for, for those um, dachshunds, they'll do the same thing. I don't know. They said, he did say that, that labs will never do that for some reason, which is why labs are the best dog. Uh, but anyways, so, so it's just, it's this instincts, right? That, that, um, that these animals, they're totally motivated by their, by their stomachs. And I would say, we are no different. We we trust our instincts all the time, like our feelings, our, our desires, our impulses. I mean, we have been relying on them our whole lives. You know, when you have that gut feeling of I need to do this one thing, or we, we'll, we will trust that and we will move towards it. It's kind of like playing that game. Everybody's played that game where you're, you're trying to find something and the other person knows where it is and you walk this way and they're like colder colder and so you stop and you go the other way and they're like warmer warmer we think that our our emotions are the same way whatever is whatever it's going to lead us whatever whatever way it's always going to to lead us down the right path we trust our heart like it's never going to lead us astray but the bible says something else about our heart here's what it says in jeremiah chapter 17 it says that the human heart is the most this is crazy the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked i mean it's just that's how it defines the human heart. It's deceitful. It's desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? You see, your heart or your emotions, your motivations, your desires, it will lead you astray. It will deceive you. And Jude is going to say, hey, he's going to bring the evidence, okay? He's going to bring the receipts here. And he's going to give two examples in the next verse. I'm not going to show it up here, but I'm just going to, going to read them to you. He says, let me, let me explain some Old Testament people that did the same thing. Their, their, their desires, their sinful nature led them astray. He says, what sorrow awaits them? For they follow in the footsteps of this guy named Cain who killed his brother. Cain was all the way back from the very beginning, one of the first people that's ever lived. And he killed his brother. Now, it wasn't something that he, they were just walking down the road and, and they just happened to happen. He just kind of pushed him, you know, and he fell and hit a rock or something. It wasn't what happened. He actually was thinking about it over and over again. His heart began to turn on him and his heart was full of jealousy. And that jealousy kept just feeding itself to all of a sudden he acted on it. His heart led him astray. Jude's going to go on and describe a couple of the people in the Bible. One of them was, was this guy named Balaam. He says, like Balaam, they deceive people for money. Balaam was this prophet who, who went bad, and he kind of, he actually sold out the Jewish people for, for money from a, 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 another king from another kingdom. And he says that, and like Korah, who's another guy from the Old Testament, they perish in their rebellion. Korah, who, who's that guy? Well, Korah was this this guy that was uh, walking the desert with the Israelites when they're coming out of Egypt, and he actually got a bunch of people around him, and he tried to have a, a coup against Moses. And it didn't go well for them, and they ended up dying in their rebellion. And I look at those two examples and realize that those people didn't just one day have those decisions, but it was greed that was feeding their hearts. They had greedy hearts. And over time, all of a sudden, that began to be the motivation for their life, and they actually acted on those things, which teaches us something today, and it's that you and I should not follow something that's going to fail us, and the truth is, is that your heart, if you're not careful, it will fail you, and the reason is, is because it's a roller coaster. It's a roller coaster of emotions. I mean, some of us, 
have more roller coaster kind of hearts than, than others, but every single one of us, we have different emotions that sway us back and forth. I mean, at one, one moment, we'll have, we'll have joy, and then the next moment, we'll be really angry about something. We'll have pleasure about something, all of a sudden, we're in pain. We have happiness about uh, something going on in our life, and then all of a sudden, we just have this moment of, of rage. We are in love with something, all of a sudden, lust comes into our, our lives. We have hope for uh, an area in our lives and a future, and then all of a sudden we're, we're resentful about something going on. Or we have affection towards, towards um, something that is good, and then all of a sudden we are jealous about, about another thing. It's this, this ebb and flow going back and forth, and the question is, should you trust that? Should you trust that to make decisions? And the Bible says, man, you got to be really careful about that because it will lead you astray. It's kind of like the ocean. You have these currents going back and forth, and your emotions will ebb and flow. Should you trust those things? And when you follow your heart, when you're making these decisions based on feelings, it's, it's dangerous. And it can, it can shipwreck your life. It really can. It can shipwreck your life. And the more you give in, and the more you give in to those things, the more your heart wants it. It's, it's like self-perpetuating, and, and you, you want it more and more. And, and I realized something else about our hearts, that our hearts are, they're, they're like feeding machines. Some of you guys have kids, they're like, they're feeding machines. They just, they never, they always have an empty stomach. And I would say the heart is the same way. The heart, heart stomach is, is always empty. Anybody ever been to the zoo and it has the sign that says, do not feed the animals? You know, I mean, why, why does it have that? You know, I, I mean, but I think it's because if you give a cinnamon roll to a giraffe, like the giraffe is going to want cinnamon rolls. And so it's not going to eat, you know, hay or whatever the giraffe eats. It's going to want more and more cinnamon rolls. It's going to go bad for that because animals eat what they are, are fed and they, they want that more and more. And the heart is the same way. The more you feed something into your heart, the more your heart actually wants this. this. This summer, our family, we got to go on our very first cruise, and we went down to Galveston, and it was just an awesome time. We got on this big, giant ship, and we didn't know what it was all going to be, be about. And we, we, uh, you, you think that you, know, you spend most of the time you know, on, at the poolside and, and hanging out or, or watching shows or, or looking out at the, the ocean, but you know what you do the most at a, at a, on a cruise? You eat. That's like all you do. I mean, we would get up in the morning, and it's like, hey, there's the, the breakfast buffet, and so let's go do that because that's what we're supposed to do, and it's, it's complimentary, so we better get our money's worth. So, so you go and you eat breakfast, and you're like, man, I, I usually don't eat this much for breakfast, and whew, I'm not going to have to eat until dinner. And then about 10 o'clock rolls around, you're like, well, you know, there's this other thing, and we might as well, you know, try that because if we don't, we're going to be, like, losing money if we don't eat this thing. So you go to this other place, and you eat, and then all of a sudden lunch comes around, and, and you're, you're at the poolside, and there's this mega bar over there. It's like, I'm going to go over there to this buffet, and we're going to we, – all of a sudden you have three different plates, and you're eating all sorts of things, and you feel terrible about yourself – and then 2 o'clock rolls around, you're like, man, I'm kind of like hungry. I want some ice cream. And, and, then, and then dinner rolls around. And, man, at this cruise, it was crazy. Like, there was, we would go to this really, this really nice kind of restaurant and tablecloths and everything. And it was three-course meal. And, and you have this, this, uh, this, these appetizers. And then there was one night, like, 
they were having steak and lobster. And we couldn't choose between the two. And the waiter's like, well, you want both? And I'm like, well, sure I do. And so they just brought both of them. And you eat all the steak, eating lobster. And then uh, dessert comes around. And you, you walk out and, like, you can't breathe. And you just have to get the spandex pants on. And you're just, you're just like, oh, I, I can't believe I just did this day one. And... <laughs> And there was, at, on this cruise we were at, there was this pizza place, and it was open till 2 a.m. And it was free. And you could just get as much pizza as you want. And it was good pizza, guys. Like, they were, they were hand-making it in this, these, like, brick-fired ovens. And, and, uh, and so you get in this line, and, and you know, it's 10 o'clock. And you're like, might as well get some pizza because, I mean, might as well. And so, so you go, and you're in line, and they say, what kind of pizza do you want? And you're like, well, i just take a slice of that. Just give me the whole pizza. And so they do that. It was crazy. They'll just give you a whole pizza. And you're just like walking out, hey, look at me. And so you go and sit down, you eat pizza. And then around 1 o'clock rolls around, and you're going... Might as well eat again, you know. And so it was, cr- I mean, it was insane. We ate so much food that it, it, it became a problem. And I was thinking about this. Like, as the heart is fed, it gets stuffed with something. And what it gets stuffed with is what you desire. It's your, it's your treasure. It's, what it's, it's your treasure. And, and, in fact, the Bible talks about this in Matthew. Here's what it says. It says, Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. And this verse is great because you can actually flip this verse because of that last statement will also be. You could say it this way. Where the desires of your heart are, there your treasure is as well. I think one of the greatest ways that we can determine what is actually the treasure that we crave is not, it's not pizza. It'll not be. It's not pizza. It's your screen. I mean, think about this. Your screen, whether it's a, a screen like a TV or, or your phone mainly or a computer screen, it is like an IV to your heart. And what it's doing is, is you are feeding that over and over again. And what happens is, is it's like, like your Instagram feed. If you want to know like what, what you're actually into, just go and check that. Like it's weird on Facebook and Instagram, it's algorithms, it'll... It'll kind of track what you watch and what you liked and those kind of things. And, and it's just, it's weird. Like my family, we just send crazy dog videos back and forth all the time. And Corbin doesn't like it very much. But, um, but it's, you, can, you can look at it and see what, what is the thing that you're really into. And the more that you watch it, the more that it, it feeds you those things. And what it's doing is it's, it's showing you what you treasure. And, and it's, it's what you spend your life on. And this is really important because the direction of your life or the direction of your heart will determine your life. And that's a great and kind of scary thing at the same time. And so the question for today is, is this, what can you do about that? What can you do about that? Anybody ever bought a car for a great price and you're like, I just oh, banked right here. You, you thought it was a great deal and you realize there was a lemon all of a sudden, the check engine light comes on, this rattle happens, it's electrical goes bad, and you end up spending more on fixing it than you did on the original price. I think our hearts are the same way sometimes. Like, that lemon, it gets to a point where it's not worth the money. It can't be fixed. I think it's a great principle for us to, to recognize, according to God's word, that you don't fix what is broken. You can't fix a broken heart. 
You can't fix a lemon heart, a lemon heart that we all have. You don't fix it. What you need, you need a new heart. It's not something you can work hard to try to do better and make better decisions. It's something that you cannot fix. You don't fix a broken heart. You need a new one. Every single one of us needs a new heart. And this is exactly like the purpose of Scripture. The purpose of Scripture is describing how you can get a new heart. In fact, look at Ezekiel. Ezekiel 36, Old Testament, says this. God is speaking. He says, I will give you a new heart. He didn't say, I'm going to fix your heart. I'm going to sew it up. He says, I'm going to give you a new heart, and I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart, and I'm going to give you a tender, responsive heart. This is God's invitation to you. He says, this is what he's going to give you. And how does he give it to you? Romans 10, 9. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. What it's saying is that when you are saved, when you say, you know what, I can't do this anymore on my own. I can't fix my broken heart. I'm tired of, of letting it lead me astray. And I, I'm, I'm scared about what's, what the future is. I recognize that I'm a sinner and I submit and give my life to, to Jesus. Here's what happens. God gives you a new heart. He doesn't fix your heart. He gives you a new one. He gives you a new one. And the key word there is give. It's a gift. It's worth fighting for. In fact, that's another great thing to, to recognize is that you don't, you don't earn a new heart. God gives it to you as a gift. You don't earn it. What you need to do is you need to protect it. You don't, you don't earn a new heart. You, you protect that heart that God has given you. Because the Bible says that this is actually what God looks at. Thank goodness God does not look at the outward appearance. Amen? Right? Thank goodness God does not judge us by our, our weight or how much hair we have on our head or how tall we are. Um, like, thank goodness he doesn't judge us based on that. But the scary part is he's looking at our heart. Now, God gives us at salvation, he gives us a new heart, a new spirit in us. And that is amazing, but it's something that we need to recognize that we can still corrupt that. We can still mess that up. It's something that we need to protect. And God is looking at that. In 1 Samuel, here's what it says. It says, people judge by outward appearance, but the Lord, he looks at the heart. He looks at the heart. So if you've trusted in Christ, that's you. You have this new heart. But what do you do about it? What are you supposed to do with it? We're well, supposed to protect it. So let me give you just four simple scriptures that kind of describe how you can actually protect your heart. Let's look at those. Like Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. It says, guard your heart above all else. And you got, you got to guard your heart. Why? For it determines the course of your life. So what that's saying is, is that when you build a a heart fortification, okay, around the thing that, that sways you, the, the, your emotions, your, your decisions. When, you, when, you, when God's giving you a new heart, you want to protect that because when you do that, you're actually investing in your, in your future. It's, it's going to determine the course of your life. And so it's really important that you recognize that you've got to protect that from influences that can come in and steal, kill, and destroy it. Matthew 5, 8, Jesus is talking about the 
the Beatitudes in his sermon. He said, he says, God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. And what it's saying here is that you and I, we don't just hope that we have pure hearts. We have to fight for purity. It's something that you've you got to go to battle with. You've got to recognize there's an enemy that wants to, to mess up your life. And you have to fight for purity. Those whose hearts are pure. You know what they get? It says that they, they see God. Now, what, what does that really mean? Well, when we have impure thoughts, when we, we live out those impure thoughts, and we do impure things, what, the, what it's saying is, is that you, you're actually trying to gain intimacy, but you never truly do. But when you say, you know what, I'm going to live a pure life, what happens is, is you actually get intimacy with God. You get this greater intimacy that is satisfying. Here's, here's some more. Proverbs chapter um, 3 is famous. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he's going to show you which path um, to take. What that's saying is, is that when you, say, when you say no to your feelings, when you say no to your emotions that are guiding you, when you have to make a decision, you say, you know what, I'm even going to let it sway based on how I'm feeling today. I'm going to make those decisions based off of that. Or I'm going to trust in the Lord. When you say no to those feelings, what happens is you get this direction for you to follow for your life. It says that he's going to show you this new path, this better path. And probably one of the most famous passages talking about your heart is, is Psalm 37, 4. It says, take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. Now, a lot of times we read this wrong. A lot of people will quote this, that pretty much says, God loves me, so he's going to give me the desires of my heart, the things that I want. He loves me so much that he's going to make my life awesome and happy, and the things that I'm pursuing, he's going to make those things happen. What that actually says is that, no, it's different. What it's saying is that when you are close to God, okay, when you delight in him, when you're close to him, when you're, when you're walking with him, when you're pursuing him, what happens is your heart begins to match his heart. Your heart is not no longer going this way, but instead you, you recognize that, you know what, I want to live for God. And the things that he loves, I love now. The things that, that he wants me to do, I want to do as well. And the Bible says he will give you those desires. And that's how you know, honestly, if you're thinking about, like, this is kind of confusing. Should I, should I trust my new heart? Well, I'll say this. When your heart is for the things of God, then you can trust it. When your heart is, is full of purity and, and goodness and the things that God wants you to have, I would, I would say that, that's a heart that you should trust. When he is influencing it more than the world is influencing it. But even with that new heart, if we're not careful... Those things can invade. So here's the question. How do you know if you have a new heart? How do you know? A couple ways. Number one, have you trusted in Jesus? Have you got to a point where you said, I can't do this on my own anymore? Where you said, you know what? I truly believe that Jesus died on the cross to pay for my sins. I can't pay for it myself. Have you done that? Have you given them your life? That's, that's salvation right there. And I would say, if, if you say, you know what, I have done that, Clayton. I have done that. The Bible says God gives you a new heart. 
So you have a new heart. Here's another way to determine this. Is the heart that you have worth fighting for? I mean, think about this. Like, sin is always going, the Christian life is crazy, guys, because a lot of people think that, man, once you're saved, God's going to make everything perfect. You're never going to sin anymore. Obviously, every single one of us in this room, every single one of us watching online, we, we truly know that that is, that is not true. Like, even this morning, every one of us has sinned, right? There's always stuff that's, that's, that's coming into, into our heart, into our lives. But if, if we're fighting against that, that's, that's our, our sinful flesh and our new heart battling it out. And that's great evidence that, you know, God has given you a new heart. But it's something you have to protect. So let me ask this. How is that going? How is that going? Are you, are you trusting in your sinful heart that has not been radically changed by God? It can shipwreck you. A life far from Christ is headed to disaster. But you know what? If God has given you a new heart, are you protecting it? Maybe I should ask it this way. What are you feeding it? You know? What are you allowing into that heart that all of a sudden becomes your treasure? And that treasure is a thing that you will pursue with your life. Is it things of God or is it things of this world? Jude says, man, you got to watch out. This is dangerous. This instinct that the world says, follow your heart and it will lead you astray. That's a great message for this morning. So here's what I'd like to do. We do things a little bit different. I want to give you an opportunity to just think about some things. I want to give you an opportunity to, to just spend some time in prayer with you and God. Maybe you haven't done that in a really long time or maybe you're really close to him, but I want you to spend some time doing that. In fact, Ryland's going to come out and, and he's, going to, he's going to sing a song, not leading us, but he's actually going to sing a song over us. And I want to ask you just to, to bow your heads and I'm going, to, I'm going to pray for us. And then Ryland's going to, going to sing the song and I want you just to, to think about some things. And I'll, I'll guide us in a little time where we can just one-on-one just try to be honest with God for a moment. Let's pray real quick. God, you are good. We are super glad that you decided to join us today. And if you watch us every week, we're so glad that you join us. And if you're watching right now for the very first time, um, we wanna just say, welcome to the family. We're so glad that you're here. Um, If you're someone who during the message, you thought, you know what? I want to know more about Christ. I wanna give my life to Jesus. And I I want to know what it means to be forgiven. Uh, We want to connect with you. So if you could text forgiven to 94,000, And that way, one of our ministers can reach out to you and you can begin that conversation of knowing how God can change your life. Um, Here at Central, we truly do believe that Jesus changes everything. See you guys later.